Have you always dreamed of creating your own beauty products or building your own beauty brand? Welcome to Beauty Business School, the podcast devoted to empowering beauty entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Doreen Block. Join me as we talk with industry insiders, beauty founders, and more to provide you with knowledge and resources for launching your own beauty brand. Enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Beauty Business School podcast. I am here with Rose of Algenist. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. So Rose, you have such an impressive resume. You were at Murad, Kate Somerville, Jurlique, all of these incredible brands before coming to Algenist. Tell us, how did you get started in the beauty industry? And what do you find most exciting about skincare specifically? Okay. Um, so I started my career on the retail floor and I started actually working behind the counter, uh, servicing customers in, in, um, cosmetics on a, on a skincare brand. And I really just loved doing that. Like I, I just found it to be really interesting. You were always meeting with different people and, um, I love the brands. And then from there, I, um, did a little bit of like freelance makeup artistry, which was different in that I think you really got to understand like the promotional aspect of the business. Um, and and then from there, I made my way back into the stores, but as an account coordinator. I don't know if you're familiar with that role, but I'm um, basically oversee like a fleet of stores and the staff within those stores, and you're doing everything from training to stock management to planning events and. That was probably one of my favorite jobs just because of the diversity in the role. Um, and then I found myself at Murad uh, and I started in sales and I, I had a really small little territory at that time. It was a big jump for me to go from what was prestige skincare to, um, you know, an early stage. I think we would have looked at them as like a doctor brand, but it was really like, I think the beginning of the clinical skincare category. And I worked for Murad for some time and moved my way through that organization. Um, really, in an incredible way, I was able to work in sales and in marketing. Um, and, you know, when I departed there, I was overseeing all of uh, US retail, as well as um, the spa chain, and all of the trade marketing. So, you know, was able to work at, like I said, in both sales and marketing roles. And I think that that, um, you know, was really great training. Like when I look back on that, I think that, you know, the ability that I had to kind of maneuver through Murad, you know, taking taking challenges and opportunities as they were brought to me um, mm -hmm. and learning and working along some alongside some incredible, incredible people, including Dr. Murad, um, was really a great, you know, a great opportunity. Um, from there, I decided after I'd been there for quite some time that I wanted to kind of break off onto my own and, uh, you know, took a VP of sales role with Kate Somerville and had the great opportunity um, to work, you know, with Kate, who is a fantastic person and um, had, you know, beautiful line of products. And then I transitioned over to Jurek, and that was interesting because it was parallel with kind of how I was evolving in my life at the time as well. So organic 
um, was, you know, more natural products, um, understanding the impacts of like what you put in your body was becoming more present to me. And um, I had the opportunity to run the North American business for Jurlik and um, really understand the, like, I think just the, the process of like biodynamic and things that I hadn't been exposed to and had a deep appreciation for that mixture of kind of science and natural and looking to nature for inspiration. And I had this alchemist opportunity put in front of me and it was just such a beautiful marriage of, I think, again, because we're born from biotechnology, that science, the inspiration that you seek from nature and then just the, the compelling clinicals that we're on, you know, that, that we have and, the claims that we're able to make were just a beautiful marriage of, you know, being aware and mindful of kind of, you know, a more clean formula, but an effective formula. And so I joined Algenist in 2016. I think it was September, September of 2016. And um, I joined here as a head of sales, uh, reporting into Frederick Stockel, who was the CEO at the time. And he and I had the great adventure of being able to do for the first time in both of our careers a carve out um, and that was basically taking this brand Algenist and removing it from the biotech lab that it was part of and standing it up on its own all of the functions that you know I think we don't often think about when you're building a company but you know like the operations the IT functions the manufacturing supply chain, the sales force, um, the you know finance, marketing, just really building out the infrastructure. I mean, we had, you know, a lot of other things that we needed to look at as well, like making sure that, you know, the SKU, the SKU assortment was productive and that, you know, we were with the right partners. And so we did that successfully. And then uh, Frederick left the business in, I think it was, the first quarter of 2018, I took over as CEO, and um, he remains a dear friend and a board member today. So that's kind of a really fast forward career synopsis for you. Oh my gosh, that is so incredible, Rose. And I didn't realize that you had started off as a makeup artist, started off at the retail counters. I imagine that that is such helpful early experience, but I want to hear more about your background being in sales prior to joining Algenist and what that type of role means at a beauty company and how that helped you develop into a leadership role. Do you feel like it gives you a, an advantage in the leadership role that you're in today? Um, yeah, kind of expanding on that question. I'm not sure if it's the sales function that gives you the the qualities that you need that helps you build those qualities that you need for a leadership role as much as it is um, having more of a service oriented mind or background. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I think of a sales role, it's service. You're providing service and, you know, you have a lot of customers. You have internal customers, you have external customers. And when I think back to my early days, like I said, you know, servicing customers from behind the counter, there's a lot of learnings there. You know, you learn to be flexible, you learn how to read people, you learn to how to, you know, react quickly, and you're, you're willing to do whatever is you know, needed to be done in order to kind of provide, 
whatever contribution is necessary, it, you're, you know, you, you do a lot of different jobs. Um, and sales is not a singular activity in many ways. Um, you know, there's marketing aspects, there's operational aspects. So I think from that perspective, you know, having a service oriented mind and understanding the importance of either retail or servicing, you know, providing service to others, I think builds leadership qualities. Um, you know, yeah. specifically a sales background in a beauty organization, I think also just provides you, if if you're willing and if you have a, a service outlook, you know, a service-minded outlook, you are going to have the opportunity to do lots of different roles because generally, you know, again, you're flexible, you're ambitious, you want to learn um, and you want, you know, you want to complete, you, you want success. And People see that, and they're willing to allow you to to do things as you move through the organization. But I think sales and marketing are probably the two most, you know, present or outward-facing functions in a beauty company. Probably any service-related company, but specific to beauty companies, I think you know those are the two functions that work with the cut the external customers very closely. I think that's such great advice for beauty founders on how to think about their role and really for anyone within a beauty organization, that customer centricity, stakeholder centricity, and thinking of yourself in that service role. I think that's so elegantly stated. Um, so thank you for that. That's incredible advice. I would love to hear more about Algenist at this moment in time. I heard, for example, that Algenist is has just become, is is that right? It's just become 100% vegan? Yeah, so that that's interesting. Um, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, you know, one of the things, like I said, that I love about this brand is that we are, you know, we are founded in biotechnology. And biotechnology allows you to make really, I think, present decisions to what's happening with the environment and the world. Um, you know, you, you get to, you get to kind of decide how you want to present yourself. You know, we're inspired by nature. Um, we always have been. And when I look back at, you know, I look at the brand over its evolution, I think, you know, it's always wanted to, to put forth, you know, sustainability and clean and safe and obviously with the least amount of harm. And with, for that, I think that that requires vegan formulas. And when I look at the brand and its DNA, you know, we were largely there with the exception of a milk protein that we had in a, a previous, you know, neck cream, which we were able to replace with a celery extract. And um, we were there. And so there was, it was a really easy decision for us um, to just reformulate that product and get to 100% vegan because oh, wow. from a, yeah, from a tenant perspective, from like a brand principles perspective, it was really important to us. Um, you know, we think that there, it's just not sustainable to to take from natural resources and not be able to look at how you can re reproduce something um, in a clean and safe way. And I think that, you know, as people are becoming more present to how many people are in the world and we're looking at, you know, other sources for food and, you know, algae uh, in and of itself produces 
50% more protein than other algae sources. And there are plenty of algae that do that. So I think people will start to see and recognize algae for its limitless potential. But, you know, that goes back to veganism because, you know, I think mm -hmm. at some point a lot of us will be relying on algae as a protein source. So it's, it was a good, it was, a, it was the right time for us to do that. And we had the opportunity to, and so we did. That's brilliant. And I think it's, I don't even like to use the term trend of clean beauty, or I think what's increasingly being called blue beauty with the sustainability. I think it's not a trend. It's something that's absolutely here to stay. And so it's just wonderful to hear that Algenist has made that transition. Thankfully that it was an, a seamless transition. Is there anything else that is transforming for the brand? What else is on the horizon for Algenist that you can share with us? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the challenges, and I, I think all of us in the beauty industry are, you know, trying to figure out how we do this in a better way. And obviously, you know, we we talk a lot with our packaging suppliers. When we formulate, we we formulate for efficacy. So we have a lot of active ingredients. So almost all of our formulas go into glass, um, and glass is highly sustainable. Um, yeah. You know, recyclable. So, so we're proud of that. I think we could continue to do a, a better job. I, I don't, I don't think sustain. I don't think anyone is 100% sustainable. I don't think it exists. I think it's evolving. I think you you have to be present to it always in your decision making and the way that you formulate and the way that your packaging is is presented. You know, um, how you operate your business. I think you can make choices every day and and. You know, one of one of our objectives is to, you know, continuous improvement. Um, so it's definitely something that we that we're looking at. You know, we want to continue to to have better practices. Um, but right now I can tell you that we we package in glass. That's great. And I think it's going to be so interesting over the course of the next five years, a decade to see what new materials are being innovated on from the supplier side with packaging. You know, I've seen things with rice, uh, you know, as a derivative or bamboo and uh, various sugar resins. And so all of that just seems so new and um, almost not quite scalable yet, but we'll see. And I think it's great advice just for founders to keep their finger on the pulse of what's happening on the supply side and to be able to make those transitions hopefully over time. Um, so I'm sure if we checked in, you know, in a year or two years, you'd probably have more to share with us there as well. But it's great already that Algenist is leaning at least in having the, the glass packaging, which is reusable, recyclable. So um, that's great to hear. Yeah, I mean, just on that topic, one of the, the things that I think you know, we talk about a lot here um, and would be, I guess, if you would, kind of a dream of mine mm -hmm. is I would, you know, there there are um, there are some algae type packages that are replacing plastic. Um, wow. And I would love for us to find a way to kind of move all of our formulas into that algae based um, packaging. I'm not sure it's fully commercialized at this point. It's something we look at, um, we talk about a lot, but, you know, back to the limitless potential of algae, you know, that's kind of what I'm talking about. And that's, that's what we get excited about is that 
you can look to algae for a lot of things and and being a brand born from algae if we could get our packaging to to also be from algae and sustainable um you know i think that would be that would be amazing i like i said that's a that's a, a something i'm very focused on Yes. And so just for those who were listening in who are not familiar with Algenist, Algenist is well known for its algae-based formulations, and it's such an incredible and unique ingredient. I'd love to hear more about how you think about new product development, given that Algenist has that really strong ingredient story. I guess I feel like what we've talked about so far, you're kind of alluding to there being a lot of different types of algae and a lot of creativity around and innovation with what can become of different algae derivatives. But I'd love to hear more. How do you think about new product development at the company and at the brand? Yeah. Um, so I'm really proud to share with you that, you know, it's very much a team effort. There isn't like one person here necessarily that's just pushing forward innovation. So we have a product development team. Um, and we always start with a couple of things. Um, one is, you know, obviously we start with biotechnology. We look to algae first. So anytime we're formulating, we look to algae to see if it's something that can be done with algae um, or plants. Um, and we've been able to demonstrate that in some of our ingredient level innovation, which is really where we focus. So we want to provide something that has efficacy and is unique. We've been able to do that, obviously, with algoronic acid, which is our patented ingredient, is the power in all of our formulas, yes. and allows us to make those very rich claims. Um, last, you know, a few years back, we were able to bring forward active vegan collagen, and um, so really unique to us is a plant-based collagen. Um, that we were also were able to derive very, you know, wonderful claims on and, you know, very proud that the E on that is vegan collagen. So it, it's collagen um, derived from plants. For the, those listening and may not be aware, but most collagen comes from animals, either uh, marine or bovine. Ours is, again, vegan. Um, we have, you know, algae encapsulated retinol, which allows uh, the, the user to use retinol of really any skin type with not a lot of just even the most sensitive um, skin types can use our retinol so algae allows us to do that with an algae prebiotic um, and we're working on a new algae strain uh, right now because back to development we wanted to put something on the market that you know I think a lot of people are looking for it's usually the first sign of aging um, which is pigmentation and it's a highly commoditized ingredient that we generally use for that but we wanted to bring something forth that was um, from algae performed better um, had better benefits and would be unique to us so you can look forward to seeing that in 2020 but wow ultimately we want to make things that are going to demonstrate a result and we want the experience to be luxurious. We want there to be a sensorial experience with the formula and the scent, um, the texture of the formula. And, you know, as, to the degree that we can, and you can do a lot with algae, you know, aesthetically, like we, we, we believe that it should be a luxurious experience, but it shouldn't be over the top. It should just be something that you look forward to. It should be part of kind of your, your self-care routine, your wellness experience. 
So brilliant. And one of the other things that I find so striking beyond the very innovative uh, sort of core ingredient story, but then also the the specific um, collections that Algenist has is that there's a lot of patented ingredients that you guys have and also a focus on ability for products to show results in 10 days. And so I'd love to hear more about building that clinical messaging for the brand, the science messaging, and why that's important for customers. Yeah. So, you know, our customer comes to us, she, you know, she very, he or she comes to us primarily because they know they're going to get results. Um, and clinical studies are really important to us. And we do do clinicals on our products. We obviously have the patent, the valgonic acid, which has reams and reams of science on it. But what's really important to us is to speak to our client in a way that she's going to understand and that she's going to be able to visualize. We want her to know what she can expect to see or feel from our product. So like when we talk about the collagen product, you know, we talk about bounce and resilience because we feel like those are very easy to visualize. We know what bounce and resilience look like on the skin. You know, some of us might think about a baby's skin or we might think about, you know, our skin um, when it's at its best. And we know that that looks hydrated and healthy. And then we back that up with the actual clinical claim you know, which might would be, you know, the percentage um, that you saw in the clinical test. We don't start with the clinical claim, though, because we, like I said, they're important to us. They provide that foundation, but we want there to be an emotional connection and we want it to resonate in a way that she can hear and, and feel and see what's going to, what she's going to experience. And I'm really proud to share with you that, like, we have very high loyalty on our serums. Um, and, I, you know, serums are usually the more expensive product mm-hmm. in a regimen. And mm-hmm. the fact that we have such high loyalty on our serums is also a nod to the fact that they work and that, you know, the science that we put forth is meaningful. Yes. And that's everything that you want in a brand. Like, yes, you want it to be luxurious and a fun self-care experience and all those things. But you do also want it to work. And it's so neat that Algenist has... I would say, I mean, such a strong corner of the market on this and just continuing to grow, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, we're, growth is, is fantastic. Um, you know, I couldn't be prouder of this team. I um, you know, we have, the, we have some of the best retail partners and, you know, we're just always looking for, you know, different ways to innovate. And so, you know, that's, really important to us and the, the clinicals are core to that. You know, I think it's also important to admit, to mention when we talk about the science that, you know, we strive to formulate to EU regulation, which I think is something like oh, 1,400 banned, yeah, yeah, 1,400 banned ingredients. Um, I think, you know, we're pretty close to that 1,400 mark. Um, so I'm, I'm really proud to say that, you know, I think that's kind of the cleanest of the clean, as you know, it's unregulated. Um, and every retailer and every brand has a different um, interpretation of what clean means to them. And we've really focused on what we formulate with, because in our minds, anything that is on, you know, truly a nasty, we shouldn't be formulating with anyway. Right. Um, but we, you know, we 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 have pretty rigorous standards when it comes to those formulations. So we do that, and we get the results. 
so brilliant. I would love to hear more about your mentors, if you have any. I feel like some beauty founders feel like they have a lot of mentors. Others say, I don't have any. I would love to hear from you. Oh my God. What have been some of the main lessons that you've learned from them that you can share with us on Beauty Business School? Yeah, so I have like a mob of mentors (laughs) for different things. Um, (laughs) Yeah, like, you know, seriously, um, I, I am really fortunate. Um, I have a, a, you know, surrounded by a lot of really wonderful people. And I think that mentorship is important. So I, I lend myself to it as well. Um, But, you know, I think it's more meaningful when it's a two-way relationship. And I think, you know, if you're always looking for, you, like there's not one person that's going to be able to be your mentor. I think you need to find different people for different things, like different traits that you see. Um, and and you need to be able to, to also give something in the relationship. So it really shouldn't be one-sided in my opinion. Um, but, you know, I, I think there's a lot of people that I aspire to be like, and I think that there's in my world, you know, I've I've been very fortunate to work for very strong women um, and some very strong men. And I've been very fortunate to to forge some strong personal relationships with those people. And I think that, you know, one of the things that I wish I would have learned earlier, but you know, if if I can give you one thing is that you know, be willing, be willing to ask for help, um, be willing, you know, be vulnerable, um, and be willing to take hard feedback. And, and that, I think that is very meaningful in, in that type of relationship. That is so wonderful and helpful. And I want to ask as we wrap up our interview today, is there anything else that you want to share uh, with the Beauty Business School audience, whether it's for yourself personally, advice or about alginist or both? Um, you know, I just think anyone listening to this, I, I just think I would just love for you to know that anything is possible and that if you if you focus on what you're doing at the moment and you do that really well, you can move through um, and accomplish anything. And I just, you know, don't be limited by what other people see and just stay focused on what it is that you know to be true and just stay true to yourself.